Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I have Kevin Primo here today. Kevin, I just want to start off by asking, how did you find out about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? When did you start? Give us your training background history. Okay. Um, well, honestly, I found out about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I guess like most people, pretty much they watch the UFC. So I used to watch some of the older fights and everything. My uncle was really... Uh, really into it. His name's Flint Jennings. He kind of, you know, helped raise me a lot through, throughout my life, you know, along with my dad and the rest of my family. But found out about it that way, and it was just amazing to me how, I mean, you can be the smaller guy, but you can win against some really big athletic people without having to use too much of your stand-up or anything like that. So started out, I learned from it. From there, and then I, I'd say right around 19 years old, I actually started training jiu-jitsu. That was the very first thing I ever did. I never wrestled, never did anything with boxing besides just messing around with friends up till then, just throwing on some boxing gloves and just seeing who's tougher, like rock'em, sock'em robots. Wasn't a whole lot of, uh, wasn't a whole lot of detail to it. So I started training, and it was uh, kind of, you know, the way it worked out back then is uh, Maverick was open and they were on South Parkway and that was the only place that I knew of back then because I didn't know much about Triad or anything either um, or about of course here I didn't know anything about 10 Planet so I started training there I guess when I was around 19 and that's where it all started for me like started there and between the I don't know, ages the age of 19 to 22 or 23 years old uh, started fighting MMA so I trained jiu-jitsu a little bit of stand-up there for probably I would say between six to eight months right around in there and then I traded over to team hybrid which was a group that got together and it was consisted of Adam Goss, Eric Nidick, Jeremy Nidick, um, Aaron Parrish, a bunch of different you know a bunch of different guys that got together and it was a Adam was the main instructor for me at that point in time. And he had he had some jiu-jitsu. It wasn't on the level of triad and everything, which he'd be the first to tell you because we actually they actually came to the gym one time when I wasn't there and grappled with some uh, like Eric and Adam and all of them and they were very, very impressed. Because Adam's stand up, man, I still to this day I'll put it up against anybody. Like he is very very good with his stand-ups. American kickboxing, boxer, like if you just throw gloves on him in this box, it's going to be hard to beat that guy. Very, very good. Um, now on the ground, very good as well, but, you know, there's different levels to this. So they came in and, uh, and definitely opened their eyes to some stuff, but I wasn't there that day. I don't know what I was doing. Probably working or something is what I do a lot anyway. Um, so I trained with them during that time, really, really worked and helped my stand-up, worked on my technique with that, and my ground game was... I mean, we worked on it when we could, but it was it was a lot more stand-up because that's what we were better at, like kicks, right? Kicks, that's where my kicks developed and stuff like that for the MMA. So when I was with them, I started fighting, and I fought 15 different matches. I went 13-2. and two. Um, Those two matches, one was lost by, it was by Armbar, which was really slick by Chase Horton, and the other one was Wesley Sullivan. I lost to a decision, so... Uh, lost those two, and then um, I don't know. I did that through about like toss twenty three, and then from there I took a little bit of a break because I was at Huntsville Hospital working. I worked in orthopedic surgery with Dr. Cantrell, who also is a big part of this, um, and helped.
helps us out a lot. He's like our go-to doctor because he does such an amazing job. But during that time, I, uh, I took a break and actually switched over and started working for the Huntsville Police Department. And during that time, I took maybe two or three years off and then ran into Jerry and them. So you want me to continue from that? So yeah, you know. so let's just go back first to fighting MMA. Yeah. So you have your first MMA fight. You're taking, you took 15 fights in, what, two to three years? Mm-hmm. Like how often were you fighting and were you nervous? Like how hard was it? to get in there it was uh it was it was very nerve-wracking and that's something that i love about what we're doing right now like with the pgf is that it reminds me of sports i've been playing sports since i was four years old like i played with my brother who's about three years older than me so i usually was playing up a level the whole time you know against them so it reminds me of that because with this eventually the nerves and everything it gets to me to where this this setup is perfect for somebody like me because why, the way I used to practice, you practice all week, compete on weekends. All week, compete on weekends, and it gets to where it's just routine. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, that knocks the nerves down a lot, the anxiety and everything. So with MMA, it was weird then because um, you would, it was Clear Days was big back then, so that was my first fight was a Clear Day fight. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it was at the Priceville. Uh, it's like Priceville Civic Arena or something like that. It's usually where they would do... Uh, rodeos or horse races or barrel races stuff like that um maybe motocross every once in a while because i was big into that too before i started so i started there and it was yeah it was really nerve-wracking especially when it's like few and far between because it wasn't an every weekend thing so he would put it together and it would be a tournament to where it's you don't get paid or anything it was amateur but you wouldn't get paid back then unless you won the entire tournament so you'd have to beat multiple opponents in a row so yeah, my very man, my very first one. I still remember that it was crazy. Uh, I was super nervous, and I hadn't been training that long. I want to say my first fight happened after about two months of me training. Mm. That's when I first dove in there, and it's uh, what got that started. And this is this is kind of like me and the way I am, and I am about everything. Is I'm all about testing myself. Like I have to see if I can compete with whoever you know, the best of the best. Who that, that's me. Well. Prior to me starting to train, I had a really bad car accident, and it broke. I broke my jaw in three places, broke my uh, my left patella, broke my foot, um, did all that. I still got a bunch of metal in me because of that. But after I kind of recovered, you know, and started getting back to where I was on my feet again, I was like, I have to do something that I believe would be the hardest thing ever, you know. And that was from like racing motocross and stuff. I know how hard that was, how much you get beat up. So I was like, What do you want to do? Well, MMA seems like it'd probably be the hardest thing ever. And people think about it, like, most people are like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to get into this. I don't want to, you know, any kind of confrontation. But it does. It makes you nervous. And your anxiety levels just get through the roof, like adrenaline and everything when you jump in there. There's nothing that I've done besides, you know, there's a few other things. But the adrenaline from getting in there competing and being in fights in MMA is pretty hard to match. It really is. Like, even with jiu-jitsu stuff, too, I mean, that's it's hard to match. Like, people, people don't do it all the time for a reason. So it's, it's rough on you. So, I, uh, man, I started about two months in, had my first matches, did that, and then it was kind of like hit or miss the whole time throughout there. Um, but besides that, man, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I don't really know. Like, it, I, I think anything that you do, like as far as matches, like me competing then, everything else, I think that it was probably a lot worse back then because I didn't train as much as I do now. 
out. Mm. Like I seriously, when I went into that first one, I would train two times a week, and then the rest of the time was weightlifting and cardio. That was it. So you think about like you think about how you know me now, like how much you see me. It's like four to five days a week when I'm getting ready for stuff and I'm in here all the time. It's a big difference. It is. And so why did you kind of stop? You know, you had fifteen fights, thirteen and two. Why did you decide to kind of hang that side of the training up, and then you jumped into the police department? Oh, okay. This is what I this is what I did. I whenever I decided to quit, I had it was coming up on that. I had those two fights that I had lost, so I lost them back to back, and it was Chase, and then I lost to Wesley, and uh, both really. I mean, both really good fights. So Wesley, I mean, uh, Chase did a good job. He beat me pretty quick first round. You know, threw a couple leg kicks, caught me what he needed to catch me with, and my ground game wasn't on his level. He was he was way better than me. Um, and then Wesley, when I went through with him, and it went three rounds, and it was one of those fights to where first round, I had him hands down, almost almost finished him, but didn't. And then I realized, oh, I'm tired. And that guy beat on me for two solid rounds after that. And he hit me in there, that whole cauliflower thing. That was Wesley. That's still to this day. He did every bit of this. He hit me so many times in the ear. And it was, it's kind of funny because after you get done, I had so much more respect for him than he did, you know, for me as well because, hey, you know, I didn't ever give up. But, he, man, he put, a, he put a beating on me. And I walked up to him, and I was like, hey, man, good fight, good fight, whatever, you know, talking for a little bit. And I was like, look, man, I was like, it's awesome. I was like, but why would you have to hit me in the ear so many times, right? I was like, God, over and over again. And he goes, hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, you could have, I mean, I wish you just hit me somewhere and knock me out if you had to. That was wrong. So why I got out of it is because the money versus what you're having to do all the time is, man, I went, I went fights. There was a fight against this guy named Lucian Hornbuckle. He's now a black belt, and I forgot who he's under a black belt with. Like, in jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's very good. And he was good back then. He was a blue belt when I fought him. And me and him had a great fight. And I want to say it was Daniel that was the ref for it. Or is his brother? But I want to say Daniel was actually the ref of that one. And, you know, so he's first, you know, uh, first person view the whole thing. And uh, me and him, man, I I didn't take much damage. And I threw everything I had at that guy and couldn't finish him. Like, threw the entire kitchen sink. Like, broke my hand in the first round, um, which a whole, was a whole other awesome story about Eric Nodick, which I can get into later. But... Um, broke my hand in the first round, still beat on him, did everything I could, did everything I could to finish him. I couldn't. And then for the next two or three weeks, it felt like I was in a car wreck, right? So I was like, man, I was like, really got my wheels turned. I was like, we don't get paid enough for this. And the best part was is that I got paid $50 for that fight, and it was a fight for cancer. So all the proceeds, like, there were a ton of people there. It was South, I think it was Southeastern mm-hmm. MMA is what it was called. It was in Coleman, Alabama. So all the proceeds went to, you know, to fight cancer. So it's like, man, I just went for a three-round, like a three-round war with somebody for $50 that I won. I won the decision and good fight. But, I mean, I hurt so bad after that to where I started really, you know, started thinking about it. Like, man, I was like, you know, I'm glad that went to a good cause. I'm proud of that. You know, I could, you know, a little feather in the hat made me feel bad, you know, feel good about things. I'm glad it went to that. But I was like, man, I was like, I ain't putting a lot of wear and tear on my body, and I ain't making a whole lot off of it. So whenever I decided to finally get out of it, I had one, I think it was one more fight after that, and that's when I really flipped things around because of me losing those two fights to Wesley and to Chase that I 
started, I picked up my training like tenfold. Like really started getting in the gym more. Really started like focusing on that side. Whereas like I don't want to get tired ever in a fight. That was that was me, and I went like overboard. So my last fight that I decided to do, and this was like working full time. I was still kind of like training the same, maybe a couple days a week, whenever I could, but working out extra hard and making sure my cardio was there. And it was at Hooters. So they had these fights that they put together, and it was Claire Day's fights, and it was still a, um, it was still a whole thing to where it was you had to win the entire tournament to win money. And another thing about that is like just because they say amateur and amateur back then. Eventually, it got to where it wasn't amateur. Like these guys were pro level fighters. Like those guys, even then, there's a lot of pro fighters I see where they'd wreck. Like they were good. So I was like, all right, good. I'm gonna do this last one. It's hometown. Um, I'm in Huntsville. You know, I worked at Huntsville Hospital. A bunch of the guys there that uh, I worked with, they knew I was fighting. Um, and this was getting closer before I switched to PD. And I was like, well, this is the last one I'm going to do. I had it already stuck in my head. I was like, I'm going to do it, do whatever I can. And then after that, I'm going to start working toward other goals. And then I'll come back to it. Because this, this will always be a part of my life. This is what I love to do. So I went in there um, and ended up, first guy I fought, um, it was my only submission win that I've ever had. <laughs> it, was, it was great. It was, it, was, it was funny to me because all, all my wins that I had leading up to that were referee stoppage. So it was get on top, stay on top, and... I'm throwing everything at you until the ref steps in and stops it. And that's the way I stopped every one thing, except for, well, one of them, it still was kind of like referee stoppages, but I I, uh, I dove in one time and I fought a heavyweight that didn't have a competitor. So my guys dropped out, which I kind of ran into that here recently, but I had guys drop out of the fight whenever I was there and then – I talked to the promoter, and I was like, well, I know you got one of your heavyweights, so I don't have a guy either. I was like, I'll fight him. He's like 250, 260, big dude. And uh, they're like, you want to fight him? I was like, yeah. I was like, as long as he can make the same amount, you know, that I would if I won the tournament. So I ended up fighting him, um, took him down, and got him stuck against the cage and finished him with strikes. But first or second punch, he was done. Like, it was like he wasn't coming back. It was like he was off in left field somewhere. So that's one that was like, you know, referee stoppage, not, but the rest of them were all referee stoppage. So I hop in there, and the first guy, he, I could tell that I was seeing him warming up, everything else, and I think he just dove in there because you didn't have to have, you didn't have to have anything, any kind of credentials, you didn't have to have any proof of that you've done anything to hop in there and fight. And he was, I was fighting at 185 at this time, and I was cutting weight to get to 185. And in really good shape at that point. And this guy, I think he just walked up, popped on the scales. He's probably 165 to 170 and just not, not, not supposed to be there. So came in, threw a couple leg kicks. He shot in, took him down, ran a choke, finished it pretty quick. Now the next guy is a very good guy. Like he was one of those that I talk about. It's like, uh, I may say amateur, but he's, he's not an amateur. And his name, his name, first name was Josh. I can't remember his last name. But he used to train with the, Z- Z- the Zapata brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he used to train with them. Mm-hmm. He just didn't figure out who he was. But his first fight, he put on a show and just wrecked this guy. And I was like, oh, well, I guess my final fight of the night's going to be a rough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hopped in there, and I had broke my nose two weeks earlier. So I was kind of worried. I was like, man, I was like, I really got to duck and move. Don't need to get caught with one. I was like, because it's going to uh, 
it's gonna be rough if I get hit in the nose again. And it was uh, actually grappling with somebody. The only time I've ever had my nose broke isn't from punches or kicks or knees. It was by trying to pass somebody's guard, and I pushed their knee over while they pulled the back of my head right into their knee, and it just exploded. So, hopped in there, um, threw a couple of leg kicks. We started throwing, and I hit him with a straight right and broke his nose. Drop, went to the ground, pulled guard, started to work my game, and then he tapped. And I was like, why, why are you tapping? I'm, I'm, you know, what's going on? And it's because I smashed and I broke his nose bad. And end of the match. But that was my last match ever. And tons of my family were there, everybody else. Like the people that I wanted to be there at that time, you know, and enjoy it with me. I was like, it's a good time to go ahead and stop this. So stopped, started working with everything else. So I took about a, I don't know, two, three-year break, something like that. And uh, So you joined the police department then? Pretty mm -hmm. much right after that. Right after, yes. And so how did that come about, and why did you want to become a police officer? Man, I honestly, this is the way the police officer thing happened, because I got asked this question here recently. I was like, man, is that something you wanted to do with your entire life? No. Never had even thought about it. Like, <laughs> I was like, no, not at all. Like, I'm more of a motocross type, this type, whatever. Like, I didn't think that's something I would ever enjoy, you know, where I was like, that's definitely not me. Um, I'd even thought about military and stuff, but of course, when you break yourself up a lot, they're not going to let you in the military. They, straight up, they're not going to, and as soon as they find out you have metal throughout your body, no. It doesn't matter what kind of shape you can get anything else, it's just one of their criteria. They're like, no, nah, they won't take the risk. So, I, uh, <laughs> I tried to be, I tried to get on with the fire department because I had a lot of family that are firefighters. Um, I was like, you know what? Sure. I, was like, I have no problem running to a burning building and saving people. Let's, let's do that. Um, but it didn't work out. I tried twice, didn't make it on. And then actually one of my, uh, one of my close friends brought it up. Um, his name is Jason Potter. He, I used to race motocross with him, and he became a police officer. And uh, he's super fast on a dirt bike. That was, that was our thing. And, and he had got on with the police department. And he talked to me one day. He's like, "Man, why don't you why don't you do this? Why don't you put him to be a police officer?" And I was like, "Why?" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, I don't exactly get." I'm like, "Do you like being? Like, is that your thing?" He goes, "Man, I love it." He's like, "It's great. You know, you get to do this, that, and the other." Because I think a lot of people's perception of police officers like usually when you see them, it's there because you're having a bad day. Like either they're making your day worse, whatever. You usually a lot of times they're not just there to save you, it's like writing you tickets, doing all these different things. Correct. So. That was kind of the thing that had stuck in the back of my head. I was just like, man, I was like, anytime you see blue lights, you just get sick of your stomach. You're like, oh, I'm about to dump money, right? So he told me, he's like, man, why don't you come on a ride along with me? Like, just come and check it out. Let's really see what it's about. Okay, cool. Let's do that. So I went on a ride along with him, and I was like, oh, this is perfect for somebody like me because of all the training in the past, you know, the MMA training, grappling, sparring, all that stuff, it's perfect for that side because it's like, hey, man, you know, if you got to deal with the really, really rough folks, and that's all I cared to do while I was there. I was there for four and a half years, and that's all I cared to do was deal with the worst type of people. Like, I didn't want to be there for anything else. It's like, okay, cool, this guy wants to kick your door in and come and take all your stuff. That will take that guy to jail. You know, those kind of people. That's all, that's all I really wanted to do. And riding around with him, I was like, Oh, I get it, like, discretion and things you can do and, like, the way, because Jason's a, Jason's a lot like me. He's different in some ways, but a lot, a lot of ways he is. Me and him both love to 
hit a you know hit a quad on a dirt bike and launch yourself 130 feet through the air whenever you're about 35 feet up and enjoy that that's the kind of adrenaline i love like that's me same with him so i was like oh yeah so when i went on this ride along with him i kind of got i got to see and it was on third shift so you got to see that like the whole night activity things that go on whenever you're asleep and you don't even think about usually when it gets crazy when you get to see all these different things i was like Oh no, man, this is perfect. Like I would love this. Like this would be cool. I, I I can make a difference. So, I went and I joined the police department because like I, I got like I put in and I was actually a replacement because some people failed the test out of forty people, but ended up ended up finishing top five in my class. Um, because I took it seriously. I was like, man, I was like, you're gonna give me a chance to do this, and I was like, that's something I'd love to do. Of course, I'm gonna do everything I can. Like you, you put faith in me. I'm going to make you look good. That's the way I feel about it. So did it, got on, had a crazy four and a half years. And during that time, like when you relate to jiu-jitsu and like things you learn and the training you do, I ran into Jerry King and Charles Brooks and a bunch of those. Like those are the two main ones, but I mean, you got you got tons of guys that I was in the train with, like Benson and Icorn and Turley, you could name, I could, I could throw a ton of names out there but those are the two main ones that really stuck out to me that they changed my stand-up and like I was really focused on like I thought I had good stand-up going in there and I, I, I did as far as the technical side goes like I was I was completely I believe I could stand and just spar with anybody I want to spar with and I feel more about that nowadays especially after I knock the rust off because we both know I do jiu-jitsu all the time. I don't spar that much anymore. I'll get in there and help some guys if they need help, but that's not my main focus anymore. Um, but I was, when I walked in there to train with them the first day, I was like, oh, like, I guess we could see what these guys got. I thought I was just going to handle them. I didn't think it was going to be even close. I got worked so bad. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like the first day I walked in here, except for I was like, I was already understanding. I was like, I don't know anything like you or Brandon know, right? I already knew this. But you, know, you still come in here and think, yeah, let's just see. I want to see where I stand. That's why you do things. It's like trying to climb another mountain. So I went in there, and I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, well, let's see. You know, let's see who's better in this room. They hit me repeatedly. And they didn't, like, when I say that, it, they didn't take advantage of it. They didn't beat me up. They could just hit me at will, and I couldn't hit them. And it blew my mind. I was sitting there like, how can I not touch these guys? How are they just reaching out and, like, I mean, Brooks was – dancing around and just tapping the front of my head like he was knocking on a door and I couldn't do anything about it. Like, you know, you ever said, uh, you may not have ever had this, but like, you're growing up with your brothers and sisters and stuff, somebody's holding you down. It's like, I'm not touching you and just popping you on the nose, like booping you. That's what he was doing. And I was like, I can't hit him. I was trying with everything I had. So I was like, okay, cool. These are the guys I need to train with. And a lot, which you find out over a period of time, and like I started mimicking them because I'm, I'm a mimicker. Like, I love to watch people and do what they do like that's like if I especially if I don't like it like if it's like something I I can't stop you from doing to me I'm gonna watch you do it and I'm gonna learn how to do it leg kicks why I gotta get a leg kicks so um I trained with them during that entire time and that was all the way till I came here but it really was hit and miss so me a lot of people ask me it's like man how long have you been training I honestly don't know I just give them a random average number because it's been so hit and miss until I came here. Now here I can tell you how much I've trained since I've been here. But up till then, I had no clue because with being with the department, with the police department, you're so busy and you work so much. 
sometimes you can make it, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're working overtime, sometimes you're doing this, sometimes you get stuck on a call, then you can't make it in there. But training with them, I got very, very comfortable with my stand-up enough to where I went and did the Police and Fire Olympics, and I fought. I had only had one boxing match. I actually lost that boxing match a long time ago, but it's not even May, so I don't even think about it. But I lost a boxing match a long time ago. Um, but I went and boxed in the uh, I went and boxed in the Police and Fire Olympics, and it was at the highest level you could do, which was Division Two at that point in time. I want to say that it was 25 plus boxing matches that you have, and that's how good I felt about my stand-up. Like I wasn't worried. I went in there, and the only the guy I lost to when I was there, which there's all that's a whole another big story, which I ain't gonna get into that on here. But the only guy I lost to, I felt like I beat the first round. Ref stopped it in the second round, here or there, however you feel about it. But that guy went on to wreck everybody else in the division. And you actually had a UFC fighter that mm -hmm. was, uh, he decided to fight in the Division One, so a step below, and oh, it's Alves, I think is who it was. I'd have to look it up who it was because I recognized him. When I seen him, I was like, that guy looks really familiar. Where I know him from, UFC. So he's very, very, very good. But as far as his stand-up, I think his jiu-jitsu was way better. So he chose that, that path. But that's what we mainly focused on there. We grappled a good bit too, but it just wasn't anywhere near as much as we did stand up. So I got very comfortable with that. And leading up to it, I went and did, uh, I actually went and did those Olympics and everything. And oh, I'm still planning on going back because I've, I've got to get that back. It's like one of these days whenever they open up all the stuff again, all this pandemic stuff's done, I can go back. But after that happened and everything, I have always wanted to get just better at jujitsu and like really focus on it. And I saw Brandon at UAH, and this is kind of weird, like the read you get off people, right? Um, I seen him at UAH. They had a Brazilian, uh, I mean, they had a BJJ competition there. And he was walking around, and I, was, I still remember this day, like, he comes walking by in a Hulk smash shirt. So this is Hulk smash, this green shirt, whatever. But he comes walking by, whatever. He still had his ankle taped up like he used to do all the time. He comes strolling strolling through and I'm with Tony Bryant. Um, he works at the police department. He's on SWAT and everything. He comes in here trains, but he hasn't hasn't been back in a while. I think he had some issues with his back and stuff, mm -hmm. but he's getting better and he'll be back. They just give him time. He's he's that he's same kind of mentality. He's always gonna do this. Um, so I went up there to watch just to see the show because he was supposed to compete that day and he did. He competed a couple times, did really well. Um, and it was funny, he did gi, long competition, then he did no gi, and he ran into the same guy that he had a long match with, and they both just looked at each other like, I don't want to deal with you right now. <laughs> you know the feeling like, oh, man, I'm tired from last match. Why do I got to see you again? So I went in there, but I do remember when I seen Brennan walking by, I was just like, man, there's something about that, dude. Uh, I looked over at Tony, and I was like, look, man, I was like, I know who Daniel is. And I was like, but looking around here, I'm like, who's this guy? He might be because... Something tells me he's going to be really good. And I, I'd, never, I'd never seen a video of him. I didn't know who he was. I had no idea. And he goes, you don't know who that is? I was like, no. And he goes, yeah, it's Brandon McArthur. And he's like, he's insanely good. And then I seen him go against one of Daniel's brown belts. Um, is it Ethan or Ian? Ethan. Ethan, Ethan mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, really good. And he ended up, I uh, uh, caught him with some kind of leg lock. Yeah, as a heel hook. Yeah, yeah like a minute. Yeah, like quick. Like, mm -hmm. And I was like, I guess I called that one. But he told me, he was like, oh, yeah, man, he's insanely good. He's very, very good. I was like, yeah, something about him makes me uh, makes me feel like he would be. 
You know, I was like, I, I don't know if baby weight carries itself, whatever else, but anybody else walking around, I didn't say it about anybody else the entire day. It was the only person I talked about. Um, so he did that, and then after that, I actually looked him up. And I was like, man, you're not going to see what this guy's about. So I started looking him up on YouTube, wherever else, and watching his videos, and I was like, yeah, it's like, I gotta go train with him. It's like, I gotta see, you know, what this is about. And that's what brought me here. So that's why I'm here. And that's why anybody that ever asked me, I'm like, that's my favorite place to be. Like, I love training here. Like, I, I, I will never go anywhere else. Like, I'll go and cross train and stuff, but most likely y'all will probably be with me. <laughs> I don't I don't go <laughs> unless y'all go. So that's it. It's just, it's me or Huntsville. I'll go to Huntsville because I hear Cal and them. They're amazing, but that's it. But that's still here or there. And so thinking about going back a little bit further back uh, to back to the police days, how much did training, like how much did it actually help you in that four and a half years? Like, did you feel like, you know, you had an advantage and obviously you used it a lot, I'm sure, during the four and a half years. And then why don't a lot of police officers train? I mean, that's the big mystery question, you know, for guys that do train, um, you know, a guy like me, I'm always wondering why, you know, half the force doesn't train. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually really glad you brought this up because this is one of those things to me that I've been pushing so hard, like for, I try to get people in there and like ask them, you know, like I'll, I'll tell anybody, hey man, come home. Like I, shoot, I even used to back when I used to train at uh, at the gym with Jerry and then before Eric, you know, Eric's now in that space. Mm-hmm. Eric now is now now at Temple Hospital, but. I mean, I even had a key there, but I mean, I could still get access to it even anytime I wanted to. Eric could let me in there. He doesn't care. And I've told him, I'm like, anytime you want to come train, come train, please. Because with my experience with HPD, that's why I promote it so much because I know how valuable it is. Like, I have, I, I got into some physical altercations with people. Never once did I have to throw a punch. Never once did I have to spray anybody, mm-hmm. and I never hit anybody with my baton. I just didn't have to because the skill difference is absurd. It's like, and, and man, that's not like just because they were all small, like smaller people, like kids that I could just play with or whatever. No, these were grown men. Like, there's times where I was in altercations with a, a dude who's like 250, 260. He stood up with me on his back and everything, and I put him in an upper body control hold because... That's what they call it on that side, but it would be on this side is a rear naked choke or a rear naked strangle, or you can call it a million different things mm-hmm. that you want to, but those things are necessity sometimes, unless you want to do something else. I mean, this dude's bigger than me, stronger than me. I got surrounded by, man, I couldn't even tell you how many people surrounded me pouring out of the stores and everything, because this is not in the best area. And they don't like police officers there. They just don't, because a lot of people are up to no good. That's it. Um, but this guy... We got into a, you know, got into an altercation, and he was trying to stand up, and he was trying to get away from me originally, and then he pretty much was like, "Nope, you ain't, you're not putting me handcuffs, anything else." Um, luckily, I got to his back, but it is a necessity to me to be able to do something like that. And I eventually, I, I mean, I, I pretty much put him in the, uh, I mean, I put him in, I'll just call it rear neck choke, because I prefer it better. Like I know that's what they call it, whatever. I don't care. Um, but I had to get him in that position, put him in a naked choke, and tell him, this is me instead of hitting you or doing anything else kind of damage, because I know the kind of damage that can cause, and I know what it looks like. Like, I'm I'm not trying to cause you any more damage when I have to. I understand you like to do bad stuff. I'm on the side of things to where I have to stop you <laughs> from doing that stuff. That's where we're at right now. So uh, I pretty much applied it and told him. I was like, look, man, I was like, you keep standing up. I was like, I might put you to sleep. So put the guy to sleep, 
and then whenever you went to sleep, this mm -hmm. is the one of those crazy things about my wife too. It's like of all the things that happen, um, he goes to sleep, and I have his back, and of course, I mean, I've been choked unconscious. I couldn't tell you how many times now. It's a it's a good bit. Shoot three or four times since I've been here. Yeah. Right? Sometimes you try to sometimes you try to fight a little longer than what you should, or sometimes with blood chokes, I mean, they sneak up on you. And man, I, man, what was the last person that did that to me was uh Keelan. No, actually it was Mike. Mike, Mike called yeah, me. Mike. Yeah, but Keelan yeah. got me before that with one and it came on so quick to where last thing I was doing was, okay, cool, working on my posture, I'm just gonna stretch my arm out, I'm fine, and then I wake up and I'm like why is Brandon kicking the bottom of my foot? <laughs> so I <laughs> like one eye open. And I was like, eh. So things like that happen. But in here, it, it lets you know too. Like this training lets you know this. Like even whenever him, when he went to sleep, I knew he went to sleep. And what did I do? Took the opportunity to, hey, hands behind the back. We'll put you in cuffs where you come back awake. And then I have to deal with this problem again. But a lot of times like with him, uh, you know, I got a little bit of a tangent there. It was with him, handcuffs, everything else, put him in the back of the car. And the, my personality, the way I am, I got him up. After he woke back up, I just told him, I said, look, man, I was like, I was like, I know you just went to sleep and everything. This is what's going on. You try to do this, that, and the other. And I was like, please don't cause me any problems. He goes, I'm not. We're good. Like, I am perfectly, like, he instantly, like, was like, no, I don't want anything else to do with you. <laughs> so I picked him up and put him in the back of the car, and I talked to him for a little bit. And I was like, man, why did you cause all, this, all these problems? Why did you do something the other day? And he was like, well, it's because I had drugs in the vehicle and I had this. And I'm just like, oh, man, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I understand, like, the fear of I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to do this. And he told me, he was like, he told me whenever he said that, he was like, I had all this in the car. And he goes, honestly, man, I just, I wanted to get high today. I didn't want to do all this. And I'm like, but I was like, man, I was like, if you would have just been honest with me and been straight up about it, I was like, I could have just took the stuff from you and turned it in and you could have went and figured it out some other way. And I'm like, man, that was completely unnecessary. You know, like I, I didn't want to have to do this with you. So that was always my outlook on it. But with the jujitsu side of it and what it teaches you and why I press for it so hard, like I, if there's anything you need to learn before you become a police officer and why you're there, it's being, it's jujitsu. It's Brazilian jujitsu. There's nothing else you need to learn more. Um, of course, wrestling helps. We know there's different stuff, but I mean, you're not going to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with somebody and throw blows back and forth. You're not going to... You're not trying to do the wrestling thing where wrestling will help you hold them down and all that, but jiu-jitsu helps you control people without using the maximum effort, and especially when it's people who don't know what they're doing. So that's one time where I had to do what I had to do, and it worked out perfectly, and I'm all about it because, it, I mean, man, I didn't have to pull my baton and hit this dude. I mean, it's like hitting somebody with a metal stick. It's like, I'd prefer not <laughs> if I didn't have to. I don't want to spray you. I hate the spray to the point to where... I never used it due to the fact that it bothered me so much. Like, they spray us with it in the academy, and I'm like, how can I get away from not doing this to anybody? So, oh, yeah, jiu-jitsu. That's all. I can hold you there. There was that time. There's another time. There's multiple other times, but the other time that really probably stands out to me more than that is, like, times that I had to use that part to make it better um, was there was a guy. I mean, he was crazy. I mean, like when I say crazy, he had mental disorders. Like, I don't know what type, anything, but he was standing on the curb just yelling at everybody, mm -hmm. threatening everybody. Mm -hmm. um, on a random Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock, you know, just like, well, this isn't right. So we got a call on him, and it was me and uh, me and Edwards, one of the guys I used to run around on the north side with, and this was early on in our career. 
this is before you know, I ran into you guys and like really honed my game and made it way better with the way I'm like happier with it. Like it was just like I just knew the basics. That was it. I'm pretty much more of the basics and MMA style. And this guy kept on, kept on, threatened us, whatever, and acted like he was going to attack us. So we just took him to the ground. Didn't have to hit him. Didn't have to dump him or anything. I didn't have to do anything mean to him. Took him down and just grabbed his wrist and having wrist control and hold him down while Edwards held his legs and just checked him for weapons before we put him in handcuffs and put him back in the car. Nothing else happened. It, it was so easy to use that against somebody like that. And he was an alright sized guy. I mean, he's 170, 180 pounds and... I mean, the thing is about people that have mental disorders, sometimes they're exceptionally strong. It's really crazy what they're able to do. Like, I've heard stories about people getting into altercations like other officers and stuff with people that are hopped up on drugs and everything and it being like they're dealing with the Incredible Hulk. Like, they're just throwing people left and right, and sometimes these guys are bigger, but there's just something, I don't know what it is, with their brain makes them that much stronger. But even with this guy, it was nothing. Like even to the point where Edwards looked up at me and it was a funny story to me because he looks up and he's like, man, you ever going to put this guy in handcuffs? Because I'm up there just holding his wrist just like, man, why are you being, like, I'm trying to talk sense into him. <laughs> like, I'm like, why are you being crazy right now? There's no sense of you standing out here. And, of course, he's telling me the whole time he's going to kill me, my family, my dog. He's going to do all this stuff. He's just loony, you know, loony tunes. Um, and it, it helps with that a lot. So me my take on why people do not do it they're in law enforcement it's not the easiest thing i guess for people to be humbled it's like for me you know i talk about like be, wanting to be able to compete with the best like i want to be able to step on the mats and know that hey we don't know who's going to win let's see like I, I like that feeling and i like that competition type aspect there's a lot of people they don't like to be humbled they don't you know they want to feel like I don't have to know that. You know, people should give me respect because of my badge. And, you know, hate to, the way I was raised, you better bet I'd never put hands on a police officer. It's like, I know where this ends up. It's like, I'm going to prison. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm going to jail. I don't want to be locked up. It's like, yes, sir, no, sir. I don't have anything on me. Just, yeah, what do you need me to do? You know, whatever. That's kind of the way I was raised. Like, I'm not confrontational when it comes to that. Um, very, very laid back. But other people are like, hey, you know, I think they get comfortable with the fact that you know, I have a badge and I have a gun. Nobody's going to mess with me until they do. And there's guys out there that will. I ran into a few of those that didn't care <laughs> that if I had a badge or not. didn't matter. They actually were more apt to cause me issues because of that. So I think that has something to do with it. And you'll have people come try. And I know jiu-jitsu is not for everybody. We all know this. But... It's one of those things that is a necessity for that job. Like, to me, that's a necessity. And and getting into the academy, you know, I was talking about I was a replacement. You can go through and ask all the people in the room, raise your hand, how many people have been in a fight? I think there was six or seven out of 40 that have been in a fight. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, man, I ain't never been in a fight before. Okay. And it's understandable. Like, just go around fighting people. I mean, there's tons of people on this planet. Not everybody's going to do that, but it's like, okay, you've never been in a fight. I got it. Did you do anything prior to this to, you know, help you be able to control somebody or know what would happen in a fight, how you would react? No. I'm like, man, in the academy, we spend one week on defensive tactics. 
one week. Where were you at at one week? <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. man, you don't know what to do with your like. You, you're like Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights. Like, what do I do with my hands? Why when somebody's giving you an interview? That's that's at one week. That's where you should be. No matter how athletic, how strong you are, no matter what you've watched before. Then, I mean, I knew how to lock somebody's arm up and try to break it from an arm bar just from watching the UFC. But the technique that I have now compared to then is like light years beyond. It's like, oh, that guy back then would hold that guy down and just boop his nose. You know, it's a, that's it. Like, you know, there's that meme where you boop the guy's nose, whatever. I just hold him down where I want to. Really. So I think that has a lot to do with, uh, with the way policing is and that you're just have a false security. A lot of people have that. It's like, well, just walk through the world not worrying about things around them, but when you're a police officer, you don't have that. You don't have that anymore. You didn't have it then. You definitely don't have it now, especially. Shoot, if you're one in Huntsville as much as it's growing, it's going to get crazy here soon. So I'm all about it, and I try to get people in there. And the other the other thing is, too, okay, I, I go that route with it. It's like a false security. Some people have that. The other thing is they work so much that you don't have the time. You just don't. Mm. And it's like... I'm a firm believer in you make the time for what you find important in life, right? So, okay, cool. You want to be better at this? Make the time for it. You want to do this? Make the time for it. It's the way like that I try to balance things with business because you know, I'm a firefighter and I do real estate and um, I have a great family I'm going to spend time with and everything. And I try to like balance out everything I possibly can. And a lot of my time is, hey, a ton of my time's here because I love this. Like This is something I have a lot of faith in and it helps me with many aspects of my life stress you know everything i filter a lot of stuff through this like i use this i use jujitsu to explain a lot of the things in my life so other people though they really it's like make time they don't have time and in order to make the ends meet they just don't like i've had i've had many people that i know would love to be in here or be in the hospital gym as much as they could but uh, man, I'd love to, but I gotta work. You know, I gotta, I got overtime. They, they're calling us in because of this. Like we're having to do this because, um, you know, protest or there's this or that. I mean, it's they don't have enough people to justify them being able to do what they need to do. And on my side, what I wish they would do, and this is something like that Jerry's been working on. Right? He's been working on it since he's been, you know, I don't know how long now, but he's like, hey, if you come train. We will let you come train for two hours, and we will count it as you work in your shift, right? But there's that part of it, and that's great, and love to be able to use it. But what a lot of people don't know is that whenever you're a police officer, you work an eight-hour shift, and you have an hour hour lunch break, or what they call is a 10-10, because you use 10 codes all the time. So it's like, hey, I key up, and I tell them, hey, I'm so-and-so, and I'm gonna take my 10 10 here I'm gonna take my lunch break at the gym or I'm gonna take my lunch break anywhere if there's a call that comes out though and it's a serious call you're supposed to get back in your uniform and go to that call and you can imagine like with a job that has that much stress too and that much like you have to be there it's like okay say you were a police officer and you're all of a sudden you come on the radio and be like, hey, shots fired. Somebody just tried to shoot at me, blah, blah, blah. Decked out. I'm coming to come help save you. So it's a different type of job. 
like you're required to do that. Like any kind of important call. Like if it's anything that's like felony related, like robberies, burglaries, anything that's in progress, you better get over there because they need you. It's like, man, I ain't going to leave you hanging. <laughs> you know, it's not like, ah, sorry, I'm in the middle of my set. I'm about to get my third rip in and nah, man, you'll be all right. No, you have to. So that's another big part of it. It's like, man, I'm busy, stressful, but everything else. That plays a lot too. But I think a lot, it's, it's probably like a mix between can you, can you not? So that's, that's my take. And that's a really, really fresh perspective, you know, and I, especially time-wise, I've never really, I mean, I've never been a police officer. I've known tons of them, but I've never really thought of the side of how busy on top of that, you know. Obviously, everybody knows it's a stressful job, but, you know, you just, you think that, oh, man, a police officer should be doing it. But especially if they're doing it, having to do it outside of class and they're working, because I have known tons of police officers. I mean, they're working seven days a week. And then they've got a family, and then they've got, you know, so it is one of those things, though, that hopefully in the future, the real the real solution in my mind seems to be that just the, the different police, um, you know, units, just they use that during their time, you know. Like you said, you know, you take two hours, and, hey, you know, it's an eight-hour shift. We're going to spend an hour working on grappling three times a week. Because it doesn't take, you know, you like you said out there, it doesn't take, you don't need to be a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to take oh, no. down a 200-pound guy. It's like, no, no, you need that to have basic blue belt level Jiu-Jitsu. Yes, yes, you do. And even not even like, I mean, we got some good blue belts running around here. Like, yeah. It's pretty fun. It ain't even that far. It's just you knowing how to control limbs and do stuff and put your body weight places. It makes a world of difference. It ain't even got to be that crazy. Like, you could be a decent white belt, and you're still going to jack up a ton. Of, like, you're still going to be able to hold people down or do what you mm-hmm. want to with them. Like, okay, cool, put your hand behind your back. And they don't want to be like, well, I guess I'll just sit here on top of you until somebody else gets here, and then we'll put your hand behind your back. Like, you can control people with that much, and it just, it just speaks volumes about what this is, like mm-hmm. doing jujitsu. So, yeah. No, definitely. And so transitioning now and thinking about the PGF, because you've had a very unique PGF experience, I'd say. Um, obviously, you've had a lot of matches canceled. And, you know, coming into the season, you were a guy that I was telling people, I was like, man, you know, Kevin's a guy that, you know, if you're looking for a non-black or brown belt to finish in the top five, even top three, like Kevin's the guy to do it. But the people really haven't got to see you compete you know last weekend all your matches were canceled from no shows you had your first night all three matches canceled from no shows so just kind of talk about your experience how frustrating it's been and uh yeah i mean we're we're four weeks in and you've really only had a couple of matches so and that's it that's uh yeah it's funny and i'll just start from the very beginning because i'm all about the story and I'm actually looking forward to the rest of this season because of the way I way I am and I like to climb that mountain. So it's fun. Hey, you know, if I'm if that happened, it is what it is. I'm gonna do the best I can with it and try to come back and still make what I believe I you know, top three and win the thing. Like I plan on winning the thing. It ain't just top three, it's just that from what I've seen and the way people compete and everything is like I believe that I'm there with the top three and especially after I start knocking the rust off certain things like fixing little like fixing the details that I need to fix because I'm that guy it's like if I lose a match I'm gonna find a way to make myself better like I don't 
not good at accepting it. Like, I, I accept it, and I'm like, man, you know, God, good job, whatever, you know, and there's guys good enough in this tournament that, like, you can't make mistakes with. So, from my beginning of this, I, it was funny, I had three matches the first, you know, the first night that I was like, okay, cool, like, I, you know, and then in my head and everything, I'm like, and I'm trying to play the, okay, if I choke somebody, I get seven points. Um, you know, if I joint lock somebody, three. And in my head, I was like, nah, I can definitely get 21 points this first night. I definitely can. Like, I feel like I'm on that level in comparison. You know, and it's like, other guys might be good, but I know how I feel compared to other people I've grappled with that are also really good. And I'm like, you know, just looking at the, you know, looking at the levels, it's like, I'll probably get 21. Nobody makes it. Nobody shows up, and I'm sitting here looking around like, man, like, what is going on? So I spent the night, like, I uh, helped Elijah warm up. He put on a show. I mean, he's, they, everybody bopped in there with him. He just was taking out left and right. He's, he's doing really good. Um, I was helping him warm up, and I was trying to, like, help coach or talk people up and, uh, you know, some of our blue balls and stuff that are in there because I know how it is when you're about to hop in there with somebody that's like, oh, man, you're a black belt. I'm a blue belt. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to beat this guy? So I'm over there, and in our guy's ears, like, talking to Dallas and talking to Seth, talking to everybody. And I don't know if it was that night or if it was another night where I told him Dallas, but, man, I was so proud of that guy because he uh, – I was over there, and I told him, I was like, look, man, I was like, I get it. This guy's a brown belt. You know, it was against Matt Harrison. And man, that guy is awesome. I like him too. Like, I, I love – all these guys that we have out here running around, they're – bunch of good dudes um fun to be around and I told him I was like look man I know he's got that belt and everything I was like but don't worry about that I was like go out there and beat him so like, you're good go out there and beat him when he ended up finishing him with a rear naked choke I wanted to just jump out of my chair and just raise I was like yeah that's my dude because he looked worried at first I was like there's no sense in you being worried man no sense you're good don't worry get out there and do your thing and I had somebody tell me that and Jacob told me that a while back. He was like, man, he goes, the difference between me and you is I was out there to win. You know, I was out there to murder you, and you weren't out there to murder me. So I just keep that in the back of my head now. It's like, no, I'm here to win the match and go home and do whatever. So none of those guys showed up. And I'm sitting there, of course, I guess I could get upset and mad, whatever. But there's no sense in it. I mean, there's, I can't control that. So I was like, well, let's see what else we can do. Let's coach some people. Let's help some people out, help people warm up. That's me. And, uh. Then, lo and behold, it was like, okay, cool. We're going to do some makeup matches. <laughs> and Brandon made makeup matches, and I was like, great, cool. I'm going to get some points back. And he puts me with Dennis Smith and Caleb McAllister. I didn't know anything about Caleb McAllister. I know Dennis because he trains here. And I was like, okay, good. Dennis is a good wrestler. He's going to put me on my butt, which he did, you know, everything. And, and I ended up rear-naked choking him. And, but, man, he, you know, he – competition Dennis is he's tough I mean he is like you know he's in here he's in an alarm we're training but when he's coming after you he's coming after you and I I'm a firm believer that he could put anybody on the ground anytime he wants to and as soon as he starts figuring out the where to put his head where he don't get caught in like silly stuff he's he's gonna be ridiculous he's gonna get better and better so with Caleb I didn't know a lot about him but I looked up some stuff and I was like oh okay cool so this guy's really good Oh wait, he's really, really good. I I didn't know. I had no. I had never heard of him anything. And I was like, perfect. This is what I'm here for. So I was like, good. Let's get out here and go. So went into it. Got my eye gashed wide open, like a minute in. And me, oh man, it was crazy because I felt it right when he hit. Because I like fights and all the training I've done. I've been gashed open a few times. I mean, I've got some scars. 
Um, but man, right when he hit it, it just instantly was like, oh no. I was like, okay, I got to push. I got to try to figure out a way to finish this before Brandon stops it. Because I knew he was going to step in as soon as the blood started pouring. I was like, I got to finish this real quick. So I was like, oh good, if I move out here, I might could go for this move. Didn't work. Okay. He stops it and brings me back there. And I was like, man, will you just not, don't. Don't stop it. Just like wrap it up however you can. I don't care. I was like, I think you'd be good with, you know, finishing this out. And like this speaks for Caleb's character too, because Caleb is man, is a savage. Like he's really good. Like, you, you look at some of his stuff on Instagram and like kind of who he is, because I, I wanted a little more research for myself. Cause I'm like, man, I like this dude. He's a really tough competitor. What is he about? Yeah, he is. And it, we wrapped my head up, got in there, finished that match out. Um, Ended up going to a decision, and our whatever it was a draw, not a decision, but it was a draw because we don't do those here. Um, went to a draw, but it automatically was just like, okay, now I understand, like you're good, like you belong here, and he, he's one of the front runners to me. Like him and uh, him and Elijah are both both really good that I've grabbed all of anywhere, got in there with. So having like that, and man, rough, you know, first night getting my eye gashed open, at least, you know, I was able to finish the match out, bring it to a draw, do whatever. And then the next night, um, I had Elijah and I had Mike, and that was it. Did I have somebody? Oh, I had Casey, Casey Woolbanks that, you know, he uh, he stepped in for somebody, I guess. Mm-hmm. So he's here. So I had him, north-south on him. And then uh, ran into Elijah, and man... I'll tell you, like, after that first night and everything, I hopped in there with him. That dude, yeah, he's he's no joke. And he, you know, I, I think me and him have a little bit of a mutual respect because we've grappled with each other. I mean, I was hoping to warm up the uh, the first night. Like, well, none of my guys show up. So, whatever. I know, he, man, he's good. But he, you know, he even came up to me afterwards. He was just like, dude, that could have went either way. He's like, why did you sit guard? Why did you do this, that, and the other? And, of course, I went in there, bull guard, and he did what he did. You can't make mistakes with Elijah. Mm-hmm. Let you know right now, you make any mistakes, he's going to make you look very foolish. <laughs> so he did what he did, ended up winning that match, and man, I'm telling you, like, he's, he's good. And I'm looking forward to that later on, like when we get to you know get back into it, the no time limit stuff, whatever. But I think he'll be, I think him and Kevin are like my one and two. That's what I think they're like the top two. People. Definitely, and you've had a match with both of those guys. So you've had five matches, and obviously this past weekend, so five matches right there. You had two um, two draws with Casey and Mike Ritchie. And Mike Ritchie's been the toughest guy to finish. Yeah. Uh, Wait, K- Casey, I had a north-south joke, so I got him with seven points. Oh, I mean uh, Caleb, excuse me. Caleb, so, yes, yeah, Caleb yes. and Mike Ritchie, yes. So yes. you have Caleb and Mike as a draw. You lost to Elijah, and then you tapped Casey Wilbanks and Dennis Smith. Yes. But then this past weekend, you're coming in, you've got a couple of really tough matches, two black belts and no show. So what's going through your mind? You're preparing for Hodger and Ridge, and then... Yeah, and that's and, and that's my thing is because, like, as soon as, like, I even, you know, with Elijah, like, you know, I lost that match when there with Mike, went to a draw, and Mike is, shoot, even shoot even Elijah can attest to this. I was, I was impressed with what Elijah did with Mike because he went in there and was like, I'm going to choke him, we'll do this, that, and the other, and then... In enough time, like he did it at the right amount of time, where it's like, mm-hmm. nah, I'm gonna start attacking those legs because he realized he was like, no, nah, he's he's good enough. He's like white belt, no white belt. Mike's a monster, so strong. He's so strong, and he's good enough to keep you off of his head and arms and everything. And I mean, he's he pulled me and uh, Matt Elkins yes. to a draw. 
And Matt's no joke either. He's one of my other top favorites. Like he's mm-hmm. up there like that top five. Like he he just hasn't been able to show his stuff yet because he's had hard matches. So leading into this next one, like me losing to Elijah and stuff too. Like like I said before, I'm one of those kind that I just don't. I don't know if I said on here, but I was talking to you earlier at some point in time, and I said, I'm not the guy that, like, look, man, that was awesome. Like, I'm proud of that dude. But I'm also mm-hmm. the guy that learns from things to where it's like, okay, you beat me. How did you beat me? Whatever else. And I dive off into training all sorts of other stuff, and I go overboard with it to make sure that, hey, I'm better next time you run into me. And so I started going to Jake Elkins' wrestling classes, and I started working on this. I started working on things that I normally don't just to – figure some more stuff out like just to give me extra extra training um and going into this oh, i was pumped i was like oh yes i was like perfect i was like i get ridge and i get hodger because like, that's exactly what i want especially coming back you know from my loss whatever and i had and you know, i got sick over the last week or so i had i had an infection whatever and uh had to take some antibiotics which wore me down a little bit but i was really excited because i'm like okay good i get to go back and i get to go with these guys so i was going to come in and do my thing. Come in here and go extra hard. Like, hey, let's put on a show. Neither one of them show up. And I was like, but what I do? I don't know. I'm just sitting there like, and it just, I didn't even know. Like, I was supposed to go on at 610. So it's like beginning of the night. So I'm sitting back there and I was like, I haven't seen Hodger yet. <laughs> why, is, why is Hodger not here? It's already 6 o'clock. I'm kind of wigging out. You know, like, hey man, I need to get out of here. You know, a little worried about it. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm out there, you know, wanting to warm up. Nothing. So he don't make it, Riz don't make it. And there's things that you can control, you can't control. It's like my training. I can control that. I can make sure that I get my time in and I do what I'm supposed to, but I can't control what other people do. So I tried not to let it bother me too much, but I'm like, man, you know, I'm like three the first night, two now. And they're black belts. I was like, man, I got all the faith in the world. And these guys showing up, I'm like, I would want to come murder me if I was them. So come, come on. I didn't do it. It is what it is. But now that that happened, I've got boy another weekend. It's Friday. We got two more weeks until I get back in there. And I think I have three matches every night for the rest of the season on mm. Friday nights. And I like the way it's set up. I got some good ones in there, and I can't wait to really start stacking some points. So. As a competitor that's been affected most by guys not showing up, do you think just the negative five is enough? Do you think that's fair? I mean, like, what do you think should happen when a competitor doesn't show up? Man, I I think negative five's okay, I guess. Man, I don't, I don't know. It, like, I'm even, okay, this is my thing. Negative five points, whatever points, whatever you want to do. I, I can play by the rules. Let's play the rules. I mean, I get two points. You get negative five. Where it hurts me is that I could possibly get seven. Yeah, right? I mean, two points is, is it, not a lot. I mean, we're seeing that that really doesn't help you that much in the standings. Not enough to where I'm like, okay, if you ask me my, and this, and this is competitor mindset or my mindset, it's like, would you rather have two points or would you rather be able to compete and try your hand at three or seven? Give me three or seven. I don't want to. You can keep your two points. You know, like I, if I got zero, whatever. I get why it's set up like that, and that's just, it's okay, but it depends on circumstances to me, too. Like, I've always been a circumstance person. So, hey, somebody gets in touch with me, and they're like, hey, dude, you're supposed to be here. Where are you at? Man, I'm running late. I'll be there. 
don't worry. Or if I call Brennan beforehand, I'm like, hey, I can't make it because I'm sick or I'm missing any other. Maybe you could take that in consideration if it's something that's worth it, but I know how people like to play the system too. So it, with me, it's a it's a bothersome thing to where you don't call, don't let anybody know, make excuses all the time. Maybe like first time, whatever. I don't, I don't know, but that's but that's that's something you can't really. There's nothing behind it for you to be able to prove why somebody didn't show up, why they did, why they didn't miss any other. But five points, I mean. Hey, man, that's a good lick off your score. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. Like, you don't make it and you got three matches in a night, which, you know, this happened a couple of different times. But, I mean, shoot, it happened to Elijah here recently, which Elijah, that's one guy that I know without a shadow of a doubt, he ain't going to make up excuses. <laughs> like, he, he will be here. <laughs> Unless he's, like, cut in half. He'll, he'll probably take half his body and crawl in here I'm trying to get you. So, I don't know. Um, I like I like this. I like the setup. Like, I haven't, honestly, I don't watch a lot of sports. Like, I watch fights. And I watch, you know, I watch jiu-jitsu competitions, especially if I know the people that are in it, which even helps me with this because I know a lot of the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is by far the best setup, even with, and I know he's going to, I know Brandon's going to tweak some stuff and y'all are going to work on it and figure it out, but this is by far the best setup I've ever seen for mm-hmm. any kind of, competition or tournament and it's not just because I'm in it I would watch this over so many other things just because I mean great setup like you got Keelan running the camera you got you and Lindsay doing commentary and you got Brandon being the commissioner like if it isn't if it isn't you doing commentary then it's Brandon like that's the way I like things to go because y'all do such a great job with it so points no points whatever else but I, I love the setup I just I don't know, I think I, I listened to your podcast where Brandon said something about maybe making, uh, what numbers was it that he was going to change, where he made something else? Six. So six for the choke. Six for the choke and three for the joint lock. I, I, I like that. I do. Um, that way you can tie up if you if you get it twice. But then again, I kind of like that chokes are, are king and you have to work so much harder for them. I mean, we both know you got people in this tournament, if you get their back and you choke them, then, man, it's a it's a task. Yeah. I mean, it's a very big task. So I like that too. I like making it a little bit more, but I, I don't know. I, I think with time, this this is going to be better and better. And so two questions then. You know, you've already kind of said, like, you expect, especially into that tournament, to be the guy hand-raised, win that $1,000, first PGF champion. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That's what that's the goal, right? Is yeah. to, to win that no time limit sub only tournament. That's my biggest thing. Yeah, like more than anything, like it'd be cool, you know, if I could get the points and stuff. But I mean, kind of with the, the with the way things happen at the beginning, yeah. I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe not. That's not really my main thing. I love the idea of no time limit, and that's where it's like I was talking about Matt Elkins. Man, I better not sleep on Matt Elkins, that guy, because he comes from that wrestling background. I know how his brother is, how he is, like that mentality. Those guys remind me a lot of like the way I was raised and with the way my like, the way my brain works. It's like we're gonna go, so we're gonna see who gives up, and that's it. And I love that. I love that idea. Now on my like the point side, man, I like it too to, to get in there. But I love this no time limit thing because man, if you're gonna beat me, you're gonna have to beat me. If you're going to be mad, you definitely have to beat that dude. Like, you're going to have to warrior him. I, I don't know where his stop would be. I don't know where Caleb's would be. 
I don't know where Elijah's would be at this point in time. Man, that dude, he competed against me and a couple other guys and got on a plane and went and competed the next night. And I seen him go with a very, very good black belt. Mm-hmm. And he went to overtime with him. And he looked good all the way up till overtime. Then I was like, man, he's you know he's kind of breathing hard, whatever else. But maybe he's not used to the extra size. I don't know. But still very impressive. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, man, you're going to have to run that guy on the ground too. So, but I love it. Like, I'm looking forward to that so much and being able to push it. And, like, right now, that's that's my, like, to me. And I know you got guys that are, like, showing out here and there. And I could be completely wrong. But, like, to me, like, I always think about things as, like, who would be the hardest person for me to beat? Like, what would be the, the hardest competition? And as for me right now, it's like, man, you got, you got Elijah, Caleb, and Matt are my my guys that I think will be the hardest. Okay. I could get surprised. Like, you know, somebody else could do something, whatever. You know, you can always you can always get caught, you know, like I I like to say, like even with stand up and everything, which this is to me, this is way more like man, people can get hit with a haymaker from right field if you do stand up. I get that. This right here is a whole lot more to it. You're not just gonna usually get randomly caught in something. And you could. Mm-hmm. But it's way more of a rarity. Definitely. Than it is. Some big dude comes in and just throws a bomb. Um, but for me, like those mountains to climb, those are the guys. And those are the ones that I like, I feel give you the biggest, like to me, it's like who would I have the hardest issues with? Not, those are the ones. But that's what I look forward to, too. Like, hey, man, I, 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 even Caleb got thrown in there. I guess some people might be upset after they like, man, that dude's really good, and he got replaced for somebody else that I probably could have got some points. I'm like, no, that was perfect for me. I'm like, good, and I'm glad it went that way. I'm glad I got gashed up. I'm glad I went through what I had to go through to try to beat you. You're good. But now, when it comes to, like, the no time limit, and man, that, yeah, that guy, he's going to be good in there, too. But I'm excited. I'm excited about that part. So that's my, that's my top four right now. And so, dude, I completely agree. Um, you know, obviously, the one guy, Nilo, round out the top five. I, yeah, and I'm sorry I didn't bring Nilo up, but I haven't grappled with Nilo, and I love Nilo's game. Like, it, honestly, he could replace, in my opinion, he could replace any of us in the top four. Like, he could yeah. take my spot and be where I'm at right now. Yeah. Like, he could, because he's good. He is. Very good. He's yes. very, very good. That's not taking anything away from him. I just didn't think about him when I was talking about that. But, yeah, if you got a top five, he's in there, too. He's in the top four. Like he could, he could, he could be anywhere in there. I just don't, I don't know enough about Nilo because I haven't ever grappled with Nilo. I grappled with other guys, but yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I completely agree because a lot of people are sleep. They've kind of forgotten about you. You know, obviously. Oh yeah. The rank. I mean, you haven't competed. You know, we really haven't seen a lot of you. Uh, and so I, I think a lot of people are going to be excited or are excited to see you compete coming up. But another big question I have for you, you know, as a guy that walks around, you know, 195-ish, would you entertain possibly doing the next season? Yes. Actually, I'm glad you asked that, too, because I was like, I'm looking forward to that. I'll want that next season. So, yeah, I definitely am going to be in there. And what is it? Is it two? What's the? I think it's, I'm not quite sure. It's either going to be 230 and under, like around 230 or 249, 250-ish. That's perfect. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay, man. I love it. Oh, man, I I would be so happy to be in there. Yeah, well, I know a couple of you guys. Uh, I know Elijah is 100% going to try and do next season, but um, yeah. I think you would do – again, man, I think you could still win this thing. You could still – you're one of the top five guys in my mind still. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, next season, I think you could slay a lot of those big dudes. Oh, yeah. That's what I want. I like 
I like that idea too, like being able to be in there, pop in there with them and stuff. And I know there's gonna be a lot of people. Y'all wow. had a bunch of people reach out. Yes, the, the next season I think is gonna have a lot of guys, a lot of candidates of people. But I really think your style is. I think it's actually made. I think you do better in the bigger season than the smaller season. Mm-hmm. Just because of your pace, I think you're gonna be able to wear out a lot of these, you know, 230 pound dudes. I agree. You know, and just kind of grind them into the dirt. I've thought about this. Yeah, that's like my my thing. Actually, it's you know a lot of people are, they're like, man, he's so big, he's so strong. I prefer that. I really do because of the fact of about my pace and what I like to push. Because I got a nice steady steady pace. I can pick it up when I need to. I can really grind and I can go, but it works really good against bigger guys. Like I prefer it. Like, I don't know if it's the movement or maybe just the, I don't know. There, there's something about it, but I do. I prefer that. Like I'm like, man, smaller guys, I got you, but they give me some issues sometimes. <laughs> you know, they give me some real issues and the bigger guys I feel like I do better with. So yeah, I would, I would definitely love to be in there and like any way I can get in there, I'm, I'll do it. I'll be more than happy about it and it would man i'd definitely be fun to see elijah in there too it'd be cool i'd like to see him run around and do his thing and that's not surprising to me at all he's like yeah i'm down <laughs> yeah he's, he's that he's got that attitude like he, he would be there well shoot man let's uh let's wrap this thing up you got anything you want to say to the people um, uh, before you get off man honestly just uh yeah i guess stay tuned and be ready for the rest of the season it's about to get a lot more interesting like with like I with my schedule it's going to get a lot more interesting and there's tons of guys that I know are going to be here because they've been here no matter what no matter who they're going against and they're not worried about me and that's the kind of character I love it's like no I'll get out there and whether they're going to lose to me or not they don't care they're going to try to to destroy me and that's what I appreciate and I think Matt Elkins is like kind of on that same path so if it hey Watch me and watch that guy be ready for a show. So that's it. That's all I got to say. Yeah, dude, definitely. Thanks for coming on, man. Obviously, I love you, man. You're one of my favorite people in the whole world. You've been super important to my training. I mean, one of the dudes that I mainly train with. So thank you for everything. Thanks again for coming on. Looking forward to watching you kill it the rest of the season. And fingers crossed, hopefully, we can start getting some three out of three shows (laughs) instead of all these dudes missing on you. But... Let's get out of, uh, let's end this and uh, later guys.